0: His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. Your love oh God, you're good. Oh God, I just pray that you would just keep moving tonight. Let me say the right stuff. You're good. Amen and amen. So, I made sure to pee during worship, so we're good to go. It's not going to be an issue. Um... So, it's the whole issue of identity has kind of been heavy on my heart lately. And in particular, a piece of the whole identity in Christ that I had never really had before. So, I kind of want to talk a little bit about that and um, almost like a what does God think of us sort of thing. So, I have a lot of thoughts on it and like six pages of stuff in my little journal, but we're just going to see what comes out. Um, I really like what Ethan shared last week on Wednesday. You know, he had a great little message, and uh, he. one of the things that he shared was that sometimes when we get a promise from the Lord, we don't share it with other people. And if we do share it, we don't always share everything the Lord told us. And the reason that we don't do that is because if things don't go the way that God said, or if we heard God wrong, we don't want to end up looking like idiots. And so, I felt like that was really powerful. And, you know, Ethan was saying, you know, be brave, believe in God, and share what the Lord has told you. That really struck a chord with me. I think that's really awesome. So, good job, Ethan. And with that in mind, and since I want to talk about identity and its importance, I'm actually going to start out by saying a few things about me, about my identity in the Lord. And it's kind of embarrassing because it almost feels like bragging, but I think it's that same thing of, I know that these are things that the Lord has put in me, and I feel like I need to declare them. So, a little bit of backstory. A little while ago, I had some stuff going on with work that was stressful. Nothing major, just, you know, a lot of pressure, a lot of stuff that was starting to close in i started to have a freak attack and so i sat with katie on the couch and we we prayed a little bit and we did that thing where we declared the lie that was coming against me and we we declared the truth that was the opposite of the lie and part of that truth i realized as i was saying it was i'm speaking my identity and there were three uh key things about it one is that i believe i have a gift of wisdom And when I say that, what I mean is I believe I have an ability to see the heart of a matter in certain situations where it might be convoluted. Uh, The other thing is I think I have a gift of speaking, public speaking, just because I know that a lot of people really have a hard time with that. It's never really been hard for me. I enjoy doing it. And then the third thing is I believe I have a gift of teaching. Again, that's just something that I love to do. I love being up here and sharing. I love giving what the Lord's given me. So those are three things that I believe the Lord has given me. And I realize, I've always thought, oh yeah, maybe I'm good at this or that, but when I spoke that truth, and when I declared, no, this isn't just something that the Lord, you know, let me back up. When I spoke it as a truth, I wasn't just saying, well, I think this might be something that I'm kind of good at. I spoke it as, no, this is what the Lord has given me. This is an area in which I thrive because the Lord created me this way. When I finally owned it and accepted it, it felt like something broke in the spirit. And then those three areas of my life, from that point on started to manifest more fully it was almost like those i guess again i'm really trying not to brag but it's like i had to speak at work a couple of times and then it's like all of a sudden my boss was telling me he's like oh everyone said you did such a good job said you're a natural you're skilled in this and that and it's like you know i really do think that's a gift you know i think that's cool and the reason I'm saying that is because I think it's important that we own our identities in God, that we understand who we are and that we're not just like, oh, I don't want to brag, but it's like, no, we, we recognize who and what we are and we start owning it, declaring it, and walking in it. So that's one aspect of it. And then another part, it's just a little bit more embarrassing, a little bit more vulnerable, goes with a, uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of real talk, um, goes with a quote that Lou Engle Has that something Lou Engel has said? Uh, Lou Engel has said, Pay close attention to your tears because they will lead you to your destiny. And of course, it doesn't have to be tears. What he's saying is that anything that moves you to tears or anything that stirs you up strongly, you really need to mark because that is a signpost to who God made you to be. So pay attention to those things that continually stir you up and move you deeply. So I was thinking about that the other day, and I was like, well, what are the things that, you know, where are my tears? And uh, it kind of falls into three broad categories. One thing that tends to usually move me to tears is when I see a movie or read a book about something that's like a noble self-sacrifice. Someone who, you know, gives their life for someone else, who lays their lives down. And (laughs) there's a particular scene I don't know. It's really embarrassing, so you guys are just going to have to bear with me. But there's a particular scene in that first Lord of the Rings movie, and it's like it's not even a fighting scene or anything. It's just one friend who loves his other friend and lays himself down. And it's just like a little two-minute deal, but every time it's just like, Oh my gosh, he got in the boat. (laughs) So that one always gets me. And honestly, I think that goes into the whole thing of how I've always been stirred up with the whole idea of chivalry and knights and honor. And I spoke on that on one Wednesday night. And, you know, I just kind of, if I don't expect you guys to remember, but what I spoke about is that I've always been stirred up by the whole idea of people... Um, laying down their lives and protecting those who cannot protect themselves. And the Lord gave me a revelation that the reason I feel that way is because that's who God is. That's the royal blood in us. We are royalty, and so because of who Christ is through us, um, we are naturally stirred up to push after and protect those who cannot protect themselves. So we're basically the knights in shining armor. So I shared on that one Wednesday night, and I also realized something that usually stirs me up is when I hear a good teaching about what Christ did for us at the cross, how he closed the divide and how he brought us back into reconciliation with God. And I realized those two things go together because that, the cross, Jesus's life, is the most perfect and most powerful picture of someone powerful laying down their lives and saving those who could not do anything for themselves. So that's really cool. That's a bit of a sidetrack, but that's, again, that's something that draws me to tears. Something else that usually works me up to tears is anything, especially a song, that has to do with being intimate and vulnerable with God. In particular, the music of John Mark McMillan. I can think of four songs just right off the top of my head that if I don't listen to them for about a month and then turn it on, I'm just like, ah! It's, you know, it always makes me cry. So, um, laying down your life for others, being vulnerable and intimate with God, and was there another one? I thought there was a third Yeah, and also, you know, there's been those times where, and I think probably everybody is like this, but when you have, like, an encounter with God or you have a powerful vision, I usually get really shaken up and I get a bit soupy. So, those are the tears, And according to Lou, they're supposed to lead me to my destiny. So, what does that mean? Well, honestly, I don't know, except that I like to be vulnerable and intimate with God, and I like to watch Lord of the Rings sometimes. (laughs) So, that's me just kind of being open and honest about my identity a little bit. And... You know, I think there is so much to be said about people's search for identity. It seems like everybody is hardwired to figure out who they are. You know, when I was in college, I learned it's basic human psychology that the first thing everybody looks for is to not die. You know, every, the first thing a person is going to do uh, in a general sense is try to figure out how to not starve to death. And once we get that down and we forget enough of a buffer between us and starving to death that we're good, then the next thing that everybody starts looking for is a meaning beyond just not dying. So it's like basic human psychology that everybody needs to know why they're alive. They need to understand their identity. And it's true if you look in our culture, it's everywhere. America is an extremely affluent society. We have a culture where starvation, for most of us, is not really an option. It's not something that we even think about. So there's a lot of us who are like, okay, what's my identity? That's why we have so many stupid Facebook quizzes to figure out what Disney princess you are. We're looking for some sort of sense of identity. I mean, honestly, who here has not taken a personality test at least once in their lifetime? Why do we do that? It's because we want to see, okay, and we we enjoy it, right? I mean, I think most of us enjoy taking those personality tests, at least the first time, because it's like, oh, neat, yeah, I'm this, I'm this. And, you know, oh, yeah, I'm weak here, but I'm strong here. We love that because it gives us a sense of identity. It tells us who we are. And you know, it's the same thing. There are a lot of us who really want to understand what's the meaning of my name? What does that say about me? There are some of us who go back and try to understand our genealogies. What's in my bloodline? What is my heritage? We do that because it gives us a sense of identity. We have to know who we are. There is something in us that is dying to understand who am I, what makes me special, what do I bring to the table that nobody else does? I mean... I defy you to find one person who does not have that. How often do we hear about someone going through an identity crisis, which is basically I don't know who I am? And you know it's easy to look at that. Um, like say if you have a non-believer who's going through an identity crisis, just saying who am I? What's my meaning? It's easy to blow that off and say okay, well they don't have a God. They're just looking for God. They they need a greater purpose in life beyond themselves. Well, that's true. But how many people in the church also go through identity crises at some point or another? I've gone through one, you know. It's like, it's just kind of a, everyone goes through a who am I moment. It's not just because we need a God to worship, even though that is a major part of it. We need to know not only who our God is, but who our God made us to be. So if everyone is hardwired to understand that, then I propose that it's because we're designed that way. If everyone has that in common, it's an intentional design feature. Which means that if it's important to us, it's important to God. So as I was pondering this and I was seeking the Lord, I said, Okay, God, if this is in everybody and it's important to us because it's important to you, why is it important to you? Why do we need to know? Why is it so important to you that we understand who we are? And I know identity and understanding your identity has been preached before, and what I always took away from it is that, yes, we need to understand who God made us to be so that we know what we're supposed to do on earth. So we get our marching orders in essence. Okay, I'm called to be a missionary. That's my identity. So I need to go missionarize somewhere. I'm a, I'm a prophet. God called me to be a prophet. So I need to go prophesize. And and let me just clarify real quick. That is 100% true. We need to understand who we are in Christ Because God has a special destiny for our lives, and if we don't understand who we are in Jesus, then it becomes very difficult to fulfill the purpose that he put us on earth for. So that is true. But I guess it's funny how you can labor under a false assumption for so long and not even realize it until someone says, Hey, look, and it's like, okay, that's obvious. Why didn't I see that before? But I guess what I saw with that is, okay, the only reason we need to know our identity is so that we can get our marching orders and we can go do, which, again, is 100% true. And I'd also heard it that, you know, when you get your identity in Christ, you're going to have freedom and fulfillment and um, happiness. You know, it's like it's going to give you greater freedom in your life when you understand your identity. And so uh, there was kind of a misfire in the uh, synapses in my brain, I guess, because what I took from that is, okay, we need our identity to get our marching orders, so we know what we do. Then if we get our identity, we'll be happy. So it was almost like, and again, this was subconsciously, I felt like uh, the whole idea behind the identity message was get your marching orders and learn to be happy with them. So you will find your happiness in work, but it's God's work, so it's holy. Go do it and be happy. But I realized, as I felt like I had that breakthrough and I was speaking my identity against the lie, something changed in me. It was almost like a missing piece was put in. And I i guess what I'm saying is our identity is not merely meant to further the kingdom of God. It is to bring abundant life in our lives and the lives of the people around us. We are hardwired to understand who we are in Christ because we have something that the world needs. We're made in the image of God, but no person is the same. Everybody is made in the image of God, but no one is the same. So the only thing I can take from that is that everybody has a unique set of personalities, traits, And skills. And that combination of unique personality traits and skills allows every person to project a unique look at God that no one else has. So who I am in Jesus, if I understand my identity and I embrace that identity, I declare it, I thrive in it, I learn to live in it, then I am showing a picture of Jesus that nobody else can show. And the world needs that picture of Jesus because no one else can give the world what I'm giving. And it's the same for everyone else. And I don't know. I mean, even saying that, it feels like I'm just going back to the whole thing of you needed to give out to other people. But that's not what I'm trying to say. Yes, we need to understand our identity so that we can go out and do. But I don't know. Do you guys, am I, are, are you with me? Am I crazy? All right. I don't know. I just... I just love the fact that Jesus wants us to understand who we are because it will make us happy. We're hardwired to understand who we are because it's a fulfillment of who Jesus is in us. We're able to get closer to Jesus if we understand who Jesus is in us. It's all about that intimacy. It's all about drawing closer to God. And you know, I kind of had a little breakthrough there last night when I was thinking about this. Romans 8, 19, creation eagerly awaits the revelation of the children of God. So, like I said, we, there's something in us that has to know who we are. And I think what that is, is because we are part of creation. And creation is eagerly awaiting the revelation of God. So, when we understand who we are, we display a little bit more of who God is to the world. And so, I think that's why Jesus wants us to understand who we are. As we embrace who we are and we project that into the world, then we are fulfilling the scriptures of creation, eagerly awaiting the revelation of God's children. And it says that creation wants God's children to be revealed, that creation itself would be set free from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. It's really awesome. We live in a fallen world because of the sin of Adam and Eve and the stuff that happened with the garden. And yet... The Bible says that Jesus dying on the cross broke that curse so that we're now above the fall. And yet, I'm not standing in the Garden of Eden right now. The natural world is not a paradise that I understand. So, what's the deal? Well, I think it's really funny. I think it's actually really cool that when God created Adam and Eve, he told them to subdue the earth and make it like Eden. So, we have been put above the fall. We're in a better condition now than what Adam was at creation, because now we have the Spirit indwelling us. But that mandate still remains to subdue the earth and make it like heaven. So I believe that creation constantly groans to see the children of God manifest who God is in them so that the earth can be subdued and set free from its set of decay, and so that we can bring heaven to earth. Let's see. Yep. So that's what I had. And I really feel like I was all over the map tonight. But what I really want to get across is just that I really feel like it's important that you understand who you are in Jesus. And the reason that it's important for you to understand who you are in Jesus is so that simply because it's fun. There is life in it. There is fulfillment in it because it draws you closer to Jesus, because you understand who Jesus is in you. It's just the fulfillment of an awesome plan. And so I guess I would just like to be able to pray over everybody and just release um, just a, a, an anointing and a revelation to be able to understand our identities. So if everybody wants to stand, we'll get this done. So. Mm. Lord, I just thank you for the revelation of who you are through us, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for the revelation of how important it is to your heart that we understand who you made us to be. Lord, I just thank you that everyone in here has an identity that is powerful, that is unique, that brings something irreplaceable and so majestic and powerful, God. Lord, I just speak over this body and, Lord, over the church of Christ, God, that you would just open minds and open hearts and open spirits, Lord, to be able to receive and to be able to download who you made us to be, to not shy away from it, to not be embarrassed by it, Lord, but, Lord, just to let it blossom up, God. Lord, I just pray that the tree of life, God, Lord, that identity would just rise up like a plant, God, would just like like a, like a big old tree, Jesus. Lord, I just pray that it would just rise up in us, Lord. And Lord, again, I just pray that there would be no shame, there would be no hiding from it, there would be no trying to downplay it or sugarcoat it, Lord. But Lord, that we would just have an unabashed excitement, God, for who you are in us, and that we would just be able to own it and walk in it, God, and plow the field with it, Jesus. And I just thank you for that, Lord. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message.